سورت الاخلاص سورت الاخلاص is also called سورت الصمد and the sahaba the companions of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam refer to the surah with many different names but the most well known names are these two al-ikhlas and as-samad there are two surahs in the quran which are called al-ikhlas one surah is this one qul huwa allahu ahad and the other one is qul ya ayyuhal kafirun both of these surahs are known as al-ikhlas surah al-kafirun which is known as al-ikhlas al-ula the first surah of ikhlas talks about tawhid amali tawhid in action meaning a declaration that you will not worship anyone other than Allah that you will not include any being any person any entity in his worship meaning all of your worship will be dedicated to who Allah and Allah alone and here in this surah al-ikhlas there is mention of tawhid ilmi tawhid al-ma'rifa meaning knowing the oneness of Allah understanding the uniqueness of his attributes and not just knowing and understanding his oneness and uniqueness but also believing in it meaning that we must know and believe in the fact that Allah is one that he is unique that he is al-ahad he is as-samad that neither has he been born to someone nor was anyone born from him and that there is absolutely no equivalent to him at all this is part of ma'rifatur rabb knowing our lord so this surah teaches us that we must know and understand and believe in our lord as one and unique unique in what in his being in his names in his attributes one that he is such that he has no walid he has no parent that he has no walad that he has no child la walad lahu لا والد له لا ند له that he has no partner لا شريك له لا شبيه له لا نظير له that he has no one who is similar to him who is equivalent to him he is one and unique this is the message this is the summary of the surah and according to a hadith we learn that This surah is equivalent to one third of the Quran. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ إِنَّهَا لَتَعْدِلُ ثُلُثَ الْقُرْآنِ." That by the one in whose hand is my soul, this surah 
is equal to a third of the whole Qur'an. And this is why we see the Prophet ﷺ recited this surah very, very frequently. In fact, he recited it after every single prayer. And it is encouraged that we read this surah and the following two surahs after every salah. We know that this surah is also to be recited before going to sleep. This surah is to be recited when a person is sick, they're unwell. And the Prophet ﷺ recited this surah in the sunnah prayers of Fajr as well as Maghrib. And he also recited it in his wither prayers. Also when the Prophet ﷺ performed tawaf, then the nawafil, the two units of prayer that are to be performed after tawaf, in that also the Prophet ﷺ recited Surah Al-Ikhlas. He recited the surah in the morning. He recited the surah in the evening. And the person who recites the surah ten times will be given a house in paradise. Ten times. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever recited Surah Al-Ikhlas ten times, then a house in paradise will be made for him. Umar anhu, when he heard this, he said that this way we can get many houses in Jannah. All we have to do is just recite the surah ten times. Sure, we'll do it in the morning, we'll do it in the evening, we'll do it every day. He said, we'll get many houses in Jannah. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah has even more than that. He has even more than that. And we see that one of the companions, he would recite this surah in every rak'ah of salah. Every unit of prayer. When he stood and performed salah, after reciting Surah Al-Fatiha, he would recite a surah, but then he would end his recitation with Surah Al-Ikhlas. Always. In the previous surah, Surah Al-Masad, we learned about Abu Lahab. That how his mission failed. What was the mission of Abu Lahab? It was of shirk, of polytheism. And here we see the message of Tawheed, the message of Islam, belief in one God. That is what we are called towards. And this surah is a surah that teaches us the oneness of Allah, the existence of Allah. So when any doubt, any question, any waswasa comes in our hearts, in our minds about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we must recite this surah in order to reinforce, in order to strengthen our faith in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a particular context to the revelation of the surah. We learned that Ubay ibn Ka'ab radiallahu anhu reported that once the mushrikeen, they came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they asked him, Ya Muhammad, unsub lana rabbak. That, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, tell us the lineage of your Lord. Which people is he from? Meaning the one whom you invite us to worship, you tell us that we should worship Allah. Well, who is he? Where is he from? Which people is he from? Because in the Arabs, if someone had significance, it was only because of their family, their race, their lineage. So they thought that they could measure God with the same standard. So they asked him, 
that what is the lineage of your Lord? Tell us about it so that we may know him, we may recognize him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this surah that قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Say that Allah, He is one. Allahu samad Allah, He is the eternal refuge. لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ He neither begets nor is He born. وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٌ nor is there any equivalent to him. Meaning, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ There is absolutely nothing like Allah the Exalted. So this surah tells us about who Allah is. So whoever wants to know about God, who is God, should recite this surah should reflect upon its meanings. And whoever wants to improve their sincerity for God, that they want to bring ikhlas in their lives, they want to dedicate their striving, their actions, their life only to Allah, then they must understand the message of this surah. And we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those people who recite this surah. Allah the Exalted loves who? Who does He love? Those people who recite this surah. What's the proof of that? The proof of that is that once the Prophet ﷺ sent a man as the commander of an expedition, as a leader of an expedition. And this leader, he would also lead the people in prayer. And in prayer... After the recitation of the Qur'an, he would always recite Suratul Ikhlas. So when the people returned, they complained to the Prophet ﷺ that this man, in every salah, in every rak'ah, he would recite Suratul Ikhlas with other surahs. So the Prophet ﷺ said, ask him, why did he do that? Or why does he do that? So when the man was asked, he said, because it is the description of Ar-Rahman. I recite this surah. I do not fail to recite this surah because this surah describes who? Ar-Rahman, my Lord. And I love to recite it. So the Prophet ﷺ said, tell him that Allah loves him. Tell this man that Allah also loves him. Why? Because this man loves to recite the surah that mentions who? Allah. So he loves the description, the praise of Allah. Allah loves him. We learn that another sahabi who would lead salah in Quba, he would also recite Surah Al-Ikhlas in every rakah. So one day the people, they got upset with him and they criticized him. That what is wrong with you? Why do you always recite the surah? So he said, I will not stop reading it. If you want me to lead you in prayer, then I will recite the surah. And if you want me to stop reciting the surah, then I will no longer lead you. Find somebody else. But they knew that he was the best reciter. So they didn't want to replace him with anybody else. So they thought, okay, let's complain to the Prophet ﷺ. So they did that. And the Prophet ﷺ asked that man, that why do you do that? He said, I love the surah. 
I love this surah. I can't help but recite it. I cannot leave it. I just have to recite it in every rak'ah of every salah. That's it. So the Prophet ﷺ said, your love for this surah will cause you to enter paradise. So whoever loves this surah will be admitted into paradise. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us love for this surah. Another sahabi, he would recite suratul ikhlas in his night prayer. Meaning, he would recite suratul ikhlas over and over and over again in his tahajjud prayers. All night long, this is the only surah he would recite. Repeatedly. So the people complained to the Prophet ﷺ that this man is reciting Suratul Ikhlas again and again. So the Prophet ﷺ said, "Innaha ta'dilu Suratul Quran." This surah is equal to a third of the Quran. What does it mean by this? That the surah is equal to a third of the Quran. There are two meanings. One way to understand this is that if you look at the Quran. If you look at the different themes that are covered in the Qur'an, different topics that are mentioned in the Qur'an, then all of them can be divided into three main categories. So there's basically three main themes that are mentioned in the Qur'an. Firstly, Tawheed, the oneness of Allah, the uniqueness of Allah. Secondly, there are ahkam, there are laws, there are commands and prohibitions. And thirdly, there are qasas, there are stories. So, Surah Al-Ikhlas basically talks about the oneness of Allah in a very comprehensive and complete way. So reciting the surah is like as if a person has recited a third of the Qur'an. Secondly, some have said that reciting Surah Al-Ikhlas brings the same reward as reciting a third of the Qur'an would bring to a person. Meaning when a person recites Surah Al-Ikhlas, then how much reward do they get? How much reward? It is as if they have recited ten juz. It is as if they have recited a third of the Qur'an. So doesn't this surah deserve to be recited with attention? and with reflection, and with concentration, and with love. Because not only does it cover a third of the Qur'an in its meaning, but also it brings the reward that the recitation of a third of the Qur'an would bring to a person. The Prophet ﷺ, he said about the surah, that people will continue to ask questions until it will be said, that Allah created this creation. So then who made Allah? People will keep asking, they will keep wondering, and this chain of questioning, it will lead them to think, to wonder, that all of this came about, why? Because Allah made it. So where did God come from? The Prophet ﷺ said, So you should say, Allahu Ahad, Allahu Samad, لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدْ When you have such doubts, 
or such waswas, such questions, then what should you do? You should recite this surah. That Allah is one. Allah is the eternal refuge. He was not born, nor was anyone born from Him. And there is nothing like Him at all. Now many times we see the children ask this question. So then what should be done? Teach them the surah. But what do we do typically? We teach people how to recite the surah. Isn't it? But is it just the recitation that matters? No. We should know how to recite the surah, but we should also know what it means, what it says, what the message is. So let us understand the surah. So we can also, through it, love our Lord and understand and know our Lord and worship Him to the best of our ability. Everybody recite together. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٌ Four verses, but so powerful. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قُلْ Say The Prophet ﷺ is addressed over here that you should say, that you should declare, that you should tell people that هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ that Allah, He is one. When the Prophet ﷺ is commanded in the Qur'an to say something, to declare something, then it shows us how important that information is, or that message is, or that command is. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Qur'an as a message for who? For all of mankind. So it is not necessary that in the Qur'an the messenger is told that you say this to the people. Because whether or not that is said, the messenger is to convey. But when Allah says to the messenger that you say this, you declare this, it shows us how important that information, that message, that command is. So what is the information that is being given over here? That Allah. He is Allah. Who is Allah? The one whom you ask about. Because remember the mushrikeen asked that who is your Lord? Tell us about his background, his lineage. So tell them that the one whom you're asking about is Allah and he is Ahad. He is one. He is unique. Meaning he is one in his existence. One and unique in his attributes. One and unique in his names. So what that means is that he does not share with anyone any of his qualities. Any of his attributes. Every single attribute and quality of Allah is unique to Him, exclusive to Him. 
So there is nobody like him. He is the highest, the greatest above all. Who Allahu ahad. And ahad is from the root letters, wawhadal. And the word wahid is also from the same root. Wahid also means one. But wahid can be used for anything. One glass, one bottle, one book. But ahad cannot be used for the glass. Because yes, it may be one here. But there are many other glasses like it, similar to it. Ahad is who? One and unique. Unique in every way. That there is no one like him, similar to him, in any way whatsoever. قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ اللَّهُ Allah, He is الصَّمَد The Eternal Refuge الصَّمَد is such a big word It's such a comprehensive word in the Arabic language That it cannot be translated into a single word Or even a single sentence You see the word صَمَد From the root letter صَاد ميم دال is used to describe something that is solid and firm. Solid and firm. Such that there is no air pocket in it. There is no cavity in it. La jawfalahu. It has no empty space, no cavity inside of it. So what does it mean? It is such that nothing can go inside of it and nothing comes out of it. And it is also such that it is original, meaning nothing is covering it. So it does not undergo any change. This is the basic meaning of the word samad. Now when the word samad is used for Allah, when as-samad is Allah's name, what does it mean? This means that He is ad-da'im. He is the eternal one. He is the one who is permanent. He is the one who does not die that somebody should become his heir. He is the one who has no aib. He is free of any fault. He does not suffer any loss or any harm. He is as-samad, meaning that he is kamil. He is perfect and complete. How? In his being, in his attributes, in every way. So he suffers from no deficiency whatsoever. لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم Even drowsiness doesn't overtake him. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get sleepy. He doesn't need to sleep. So he is as-samad, meaning that he always remains غالب, never maghlub, meaning he always overcomes and overpowers. He is never overpowered. He is free of fault. He is perfection. He is not affected by any trial or any hardship. This is the meaning of as-samad. Another meaning of the word samad, the word samad is used for a leader above whom there is no leader. Meaning, leadership and power and authority stops there. This is as-samad. So when Allah is as-samad, it means He is as-sayyid, the master, الَّذِي لَيْسَ فَوْقَهُ أَحَدٌ Above whom there is no one at all. Supreme master.
then the word samad also means al-qasd, to intend, to aim towards, to direct one's attention towards someone or something. Why? Because you're in need. So when Allah is al-samad, it means that He is the one who is turned towards. Meaning He is the one on whom everyone depends. Whether it is the creation that exists in the heavens, or it is the creation that exists on the earth, or it is the creation that exists in the water, wherever, whatever, whoever it is. It depends on who? Allah the Exalted. So Allah Samad, meaning Allah who is eternally perfect. Allah who is supreme. Allah, the one whom everyone needs and depends on. And who does He need? Who does He need? No one. Who does He depend on? No one. يَسْأَلُهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Whoever that is in the heavens and the earth asks Him, meaning they depend on Him, and He does not depend upon anyone. لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ لَمْ not يَلِدْ He gives birth. وَلَدَ يَلِدُ is to give birth, meaning to be a father, to be a parent. So لَمْ يَلِدْ meaning he's not a father. وَلَمْ يُولَدْ nor was he born. Walam and nor yulad, he was given birth to. Meaning, he has no father. He is not a father and he has no father. What does this mean? He is free and independent of all. Because as parents and as children, we know this very well. That what happens when we are with our parents or when we are with our children, then we are not free basically. Isn't it? We have our obligations and duties towards who? Our parents and our children. We're not free. Allah the Exalted is Lam Yalid Walam Yulad, meaning He is free of all. In Surah Al An'am, Ayah 101, Allah says, Badi'u Samawati Wal Ard. He is the originator of the heavens and the earth. How could he have a child when he does not even have a partner? Because there is no one like him. Who could be his partner? And he is the one who has created everything. In Surah Maryam, Ayah 92, Allah says, It does not befit the most merciful, that he should take a child. It does not befit his perfection. In Surah Al-Anbiya, Ayah 26, we learn, وَقَالُوا اتَّخَذَ الرَّحْمَانُ وَلَدًا سُبْحَانَهُ بَلْ عِبَادٌ مُكْرَمُونَ People say that the most merciful has a child. Perfect he is, glorified he is. They're not his children, they are his servants. Because there is nothing except that it is a servant to Allah. Every angel and every human, everyone who is righteous or non-righteous, everyone's status before Allah is of what? 
everyone is a servant to Allah. So lam yalid wa lam yulad wa lam yakullahu kufuwan ahad wa lam and not yakun there is lahu for him kufuwan an equivalent. What kind of equivalent? How many equivalents? Ahad, even one. Meaning, there is not even a single equivalent to Allah. The word kufuwan is from the root letters kaf, fa, hamza. Kuf. And kuf is basically used for rank and position. Status. And kuf is to be equal to another in one's rank, in one's status, in one's position. When somebody is equal to another. So for example, this word is used in marriage and in war. Not that there is any connection between marriage and war. But this word is used that fulanun kufun li fulan. That that one is an equal to that one. Meaning from the two parties, from the two parties, two opposing parties, right? In terms of war, it is said, so and so is an equal, is the right match for who? For so and so from this group. Meaning these two will fight because they are of equal status. Right? So this is kufu one. Someone who is equal to another in terms of status, position, rank, merit, or in any other way. وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ What does this mean? What does this mean? That there is no one that is equal to Allah. There is no one who is like Him. No one who is similar to Him. So He is the greatest above all. So if we understand even this much about Allah, only then can we respect Him. Only then can we call upon Him. Only then can we make dua to Him that all power rests with who? With Allah. No one shares Allah's power with Him. No one shares His authority with Him. No one shares His ability with Him. Meaning if anyone has any power, any authority, any ability, what is it then compared to Allah's power and ability? It is less. So supreme power, supreme authority is with who? With who? With Allah alone. The one who has no need. Yet He is the one who fulfills all needs. He needs no support. And He is the one who provides support to all. So who should I rely upon? Who? Who should I call upon? Believing that only He can make a difference? Allah. Because وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ In Surah Furqan, Ayah 2, Allah says, الَّذِي لَهُ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلَمْ يَتَّخِذْ وَلَدًا وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ شَرِيكٌ فِي الْمُلْكِ وَخَلَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ فَقَدَّرَهُ تَقْدِيرًا He is the one to whom the dominion of the heavens and the earth belongs to. 
He is the owner of what? Just you? Just me? No. He is the owner of the heavens and the earth. He does not have a child. He does not have a partner in His kingdom. And He has created everything and has decreed for everything its measure. This is the reason why when we call upon Allah by the names that are mentioned in this surah, then those du'as are accepted. Which names are mentioned in the surah? Allah. He is Allah. He is Ahad. He is As-Samad. The Prophet ﷺ heard a man say, a man was making dua, and that man was saying, Allahumma inni as'aluka, anni ashhadu annaka anta Allah, la ilaha illa anta, al-ahadu samad, al-ladhi lam yalid wa lam yulad, wa lam yakul lahu kufuwan ahad. That, O oh Allah, I ask you, and I bear witness that indeed only you are Allah. Only you are Allah. Only you are God. And there is no God but you. You are one. You are the eternal refuge. The one who was neither born nor does he give birth. وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ And there is nothing that is equivalent to you. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he heard the man say this, he said, you have supplicated Allah using such a name, which when he is called upon by it, he gives. When you make dua by mentioning these names, then what will happen? Allah will give you. When he is supplicated with it, he answers. He will respond to you. قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ اللَّهُ الصَّمَدٌ لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٌ So when he is one, the unique, then what does it mean? إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ That indeed my prayer my sacrifice, my life, my death are for who? Allah, who is He? The Lord of the worlds. Recitation. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Qul huwa Allahu ahad, Allahu samad. لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد. Again, please. اسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. قل هو الله أحد. الله الصمد. لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد. Everybody recite together, please. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Qul huwa Allahu ahad. Allahu samad. 
لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا احد